When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. And what's up? Welcome in GC Live. It is Thursday episode of the show. Chris, we have now uh, at least matched our goal this week, which which was to do, I guess, a couple more shows than last week. So we're at two. Who knows? If something crazy happens tomorrow, maybe we'll be at three. But I uh, wanted to hop in. Mostly going to be recruiting talk. That's kind of uh, what's going on right now, I would say, as far as South Carolina athletics, South Carolina football goes. Um Big big win for men's basketball, by the way, yesterday. Uh, women's basketball game today. But we sort of honestly leave that talk to Kyle and Taylor, to Mike Uva. They do a fantastic job covering those programs on the day-to-day. Chris and I much more dialed into football and football recruiting. And uh, football recruiting going into signing day next week is sort of the, the major topic of conversation for today. Coaches on the road. Again, this is week four of the contact period for them. Signing day next week, frankly, not – really what it used to be for the most part you're talking about kind of transfer recruiting and uh you know during the last few weeks and of course just getting getting a start on underclassmen class of 2023 class of 2024 and getting rolling there so before we go any further got to tell you about our good buddy clint hammond he is our presenting sponsor right here on gc live clint is of course the branch manager of the columbia mortgage network nmls number 71597 Email address, you see it right there, chammond at mortgagenetwork.com, 803-576-4450. If you're in the market for a new home or maybe you want to refinance and see what's available out there, interest rates are starting to go up again, by the way. So if you want to lock them in, if you've been thinking about refinancing, you want to lock them in before they go any higher. Uh, I think that, I mean, that's all that stuff is above my pay grade, above my head, but I did see that they're going up. So if you want to lock them in, give Clint a shout. He can talk you through that entire process. ClintHammond.com. Chris, what's up, man? Man, it has been a busy time. You mentioned signing day. Almost a footnote, right? Like just, I mean, we've talked about that a lot since the early signing period instituted in 2018. February used to be the Christmas. It has been reduced to... I don't know. What's a what's a second, third tier holiday? I don't want to offend anybody, so I won't pick one. But it has been reduced. And now, you know, you look at South Carolina and the hay is largely in the barn, right? Because 
even some guys that haven't been like announced as part of a signing day per se, they're on campus, you know, they're enrolled in school and we know who a lot of those transfer, we know who those transfers are. So a couple spots left. Could something happen before Wednesday? Maybe, but not going to be quite as much activity on the signing day front, but nonetheless busy. You're right. Big win last night. Crew is continuing to do a great job covering those sports. I'm glad that we're able to do a second show this week. Started to miss the people on GC Live. So thanks to everyone for bearing with us. We've been super, super busy getting some cool stuff ready for Gamecock fans. But glad to be back here for sure. Matthew says, I'm going to start plugging Clint Hammond before I talk to anyone about the Gamecocks, even in person. Uh, First of all, great uh, Facebook photo there, Matthew, with with Debo. Debo having a a big, big, big... uh, season I would say obviously big big games lately but really the entire season Debo's been awesome shout out Debo I, I hope he gets back to the Super Bowl man he's he's been really really cool would love to get Debo on the show man that that would be we're, we're gonna effort that we're gonna effort that would that. be now, Debo is pretty big time now right like Debo <laughs> our chances have gone down a little bit yeah we should, we should have done that uh, yeah. a couple of years ago I feel like but but yeah shout out Matthew that's a great Tell everybody you know. Uh, I about, love that. About Clint Hammond. You, you know how, because c- when we go out, like when we see people with us, even our friends, or sometimes, you know, since we started doing this show, it's awesome. Like, I think more people come up to us. And from now on, when they're like, oh, man, I, I hate to ask you a Gamecock question, but I, I got to ask you this. I'm going to say, oh, no, no, I always say, you know, because I'm always like, no problem, man. Like, I, I love doing it. And I'm going to be like, well, first, <laughs> hold on. Have you thought about refinancing? Because if, if you haven't, you should. You, you need to have, you need to have something in your pocket, and you just like pull out a a Clint Hammond yeah. thing, and you just hold it over your head when you start talking about. Yeah, just have your, he's you got know, new picture graphics. Yeah, I mean in person ads. I think we've now hit on Matthew. Email us. Let's get this thing started. In person ad agency, Matthew. I love it. I good love stuff. It. Awesome. Uh, Peter says he would love to see Debo on the show. I, I would love for him to be on the show, too. I actually talked to Debo back. This is when, like, quarantine was, like, a big – like, it first started when COVID was a big thing. And he got back to me, and we, we had talked about him coming on. And then, um, I don't know, something happened, didn't happen. And uh, But now our boy has blown – he's he's come a long way since uh, sitting in that media center at Chapman High School – watching him commit to South Carolina. He is he is a he is a known he's a worldwide known star now. Somebody brought I brought that up on, on the Ask Chris thread on the Insiders forum the other day. Somebody asked me something about like a cool recruiting story or something. And that was the first one that popped in my head was Debo, you know actually no, they asked me what I remembered about his recruitment. Right. Because they're like, well, who all was involved? And it was, of course, just App State and UNC and South Carolina jumped in late. And I said, that was my main memory of going from that. And Debo was super nervous. Right. Like, not a big media guy, just kind of sitting there with a smile on his face, really quietly ask, answering some questions after he committed. And then you contrast that to like, what was it after his junior year, Wes? we're milling around at camp and he's walking around looking at highlight videos of himself, you know, making big plays in the indoor facility and, and now what he's doing with the Niners. So really cool just to watch his growth, you know, as a player and, and certainly how big he's become. 
Yeah. Um, Debo's one of, and he, he, you know, when we would see him at camp, he was always cool. Now he, he was not as, he was not on the level he is now as far as stardom goes, but he still was just hanging around like just the other guys, you know, and, and would come by, would say hello. Um, I, I do, one of my favorite, not favorite, but one of my memories about Debo is just when during that early part of his career, before he was really getting on the field, and he had dealt with injuries. He was sort of getting acclimated. You know, it it wasn't until was that the end of his redshirt freshman season that was Spurrier's last year that uh, he had the big game against Clemson when Sean Elliott was the coach. That's right. You know, and and then he had obviously some injuries along the way. Like there there were issues as far as staying on the field. But I remember in one of one of our team reports, it was like a Carolina Confidential or something. I had posted that people watching practice sometimes mistook Pharaoh Cooper and Debo Samuel. Because this was, at the time, Pharaoh Cooper was the best player on the offense, certainly the best wide receiver. And I remember somebody jumped all over me and was like, this is a bunch of homer, this is a bunch of homer crap. Like, don't build up a guy who's never played, you know. And, and you know, some when we hear stuff like that, sometimes it works out, sometimes it's – you know, it ends up not working out on the field. But I was like, I always think back. I'm like, all right, I, who, whoever told me that nailed that evaluation, uh, and and then some. You know, like it, it wasn't just he was as good as Pharaoh. He's you know arguably the best South Carolina receiver, um, at least in some time as far as transitioning to the NFL. So I'm, I'm excited for Debo, man. It's been fun to see him play running back. He, he always we always would say he looks like. He's a wide receiver in a running back's body, or you'd hear people say when he gets the football in his hands, he becomes a wide receiver, or he becomes a running back, excuse me. Yep. Now we're seeing the Niners just say, screw it, we're just going to hand it to him, and we're seeing he quite literally can be a, I would say, upper-level NFL running back. Yeah, I mean, he's a big problem. His vision is what really stands out, right, because of the way – that the Niners are able to get him into space, you know, credit to them and their offensive staff for, you know, thinking of that. You know, you would think like, oh, what a novel idea. Get get the ball to your best player. But it's not as easy as that. And people don't always do that. And they're not always as creative in doing that. But he's just got such a unique skill set. I mean, this guy, Debo really, he he doesn't really make sense. You know, <laughs> like, he just, like he has – huge hands for his size you know like he's got tight end sized hands so obviously the ball skills and everything and then in space like you said he does become a running back he's got great vision he runs through tackles he runs through contact he just has that knack and so he's a really unique player and I think he kind of embodies like a new age offensive football player because he's not just a one-trick pony he's not just a wide receiver like he can do so many different things for you so his growth has been awesome to watch. Um, up, there are a lot of coaches in high school in the upstate and uh, other places that are sitting here right now going, I tried to tell everybody <laughs> that this is exactly what this kid would be. And he's grown even from that. But if you watched him play in high school, he, he was a heck of a player then too. Yeah, well, Debo, let, let's be honest, a lot of these NFL wide receivers – they aren't out there running through people the way Debo does. You know, it, he seeks mo- most receivers, not most, I don't know. I don't know the percentage, but not 
Yeah, I'll say most. Most receivers are not seeking contact the way Debo is out there delivering contact. Most receivers are saying, let me get out of bounds. Let me sort of avoid hits. Debo is saying, I'm about to deliver a, a hit. So, and, and he just has the muscle mass, the, the thickness to be able to actually do it as well. Um, and he's, his speed has translated as well. I mean, he is still a fast guy. Uh, I don't even know what Debo runs in the 40, but I know when, the, when, when there's a play going on on the field, Debo is, is fast. He's very, very fast. And he's fast. He's faster than the guy that's trying to tackle him. So I think, um, yeah, it's been fun, man. I, we, I hope this time next week we're talking about Debo getting to go to the NFL. So, all right, the headline of this show, this episode, was helicopter recruiting. What What did you think when we got word yesterday that Beamer was busting out the helicopter to go recruiting? That's something that was actually discussed. It was in the works potentially back in the fall. Never really happened. And now they decided to bust out that idea this time, certainly for in-state recruiting or for border recruiting where you're not going too far into, you know, North Carolina or Georgia. It From an efficiency standpoint, it really makes a lot of sense. It does. It, it makes a ton of sense. Um, you know, just a more efficient means of travel. And look, honestly, it it is one of those buzzworthy things. You know, I mean, we can all think back to, you know, Kirby Smart at Georgia's been doing it for what, at least a couple years, a few years, and it's always all over social media. Kirby landed on our football field, blah, blah, blah. You know, and so for someone like Shane Beamer, it's been pretty evident that he's trying to just do some things differently. And not that flying in a helicopter for recruiting purposes is a new concept, but it's not something that everybody does. And so things that he can do to create a little extra buzz or get people talking about South Carolina, he is going to do that. And he's done that by doing more interviews than you typically see head coaches do, being more accessible, uh, definitely more social media activity. Some people look at these things, they kind of say, well, why are you spending a lot of time doing that? It's getting people talking about South Carolina. And for a program that wants to enhance its brand and kind of continue getting itself out there among prospects, among fans, and even just in the regional and the national media, it's a good idea to do it. And so I think this is, look, yeah, the efficiency of it, uh, but it's also something that gets people talking and it makes an impression on prospects and coaches, you know, at the high school and on the fan base. So I think it was a, a sharp, good idea uh, by Shane Beamer to do it. Yeah, certainly, like you said, ha- has generated some buzz and and then allows for some efficiency and getting around these schools as well. Um, you know, and, and man, they've they've been – They've been all over the place. We've tried to do a pretty good job of letting our subscribers know what high schools the coaches were dropping in on. I some Somebody asked me, and I, I don't think I ever got back to them because I didn't have a good answer, how it compared to previous staffs or staffs. I, I think if you – if you, I, I don't know that we have the data. I don't know if we were getting that much enough information about the previous stops. Um. But but certainly, I can tell you, I don't know if it's possible for a staff to be out 
more than they are right now. You know, like if you if you look seriously, if you look like the the entire assistant coaching staff is on the road recruiting, and every single day, it's four, five different high schools. Which if you're if you're adding that up in your head with travel time, with you got to stop and get lunch at some point, with the actual getting into a school. I mean, Chris, you know how it is. You have to get signed. Like you have to. There's logistics involved to getting in any high school, and then the time you actually spend with the high school coach talking and just doing the visit. There, you know, it, it's kind of it, it's a lot in one day, and they, they've been doing it every single day. So I think you you can't knock the hustle at all. The staff, the entire staff, has really been getting after it. No doubt. And I mean, you even look at um, just looking at some of our notes here. And of course, Wes has been tracking all the stops on GamecockCentral.com for everyone. But I mean, even just looking at Shane Beamer, like Monday, he's in the upstate. Tuesday, he's Virginia. Wednesday, he's in, you know, the Midlands and Florence and Dillon area. And then today he's Eastern North Carolina, then back to Raleigh area and then all, all the way up to Philly. Right. So definitely. and and then you know, back to uh, on, on tomorrow, he'll be making some DMV stops. So all over the place, no doubt. And look, we know that South Carolina geographically, you know, you, you look at where they're stopping. They're not flying a bunch of dudes out to California and things like that, right? Like not going to do that. Um, but we know that that DMV area, the Philly area, North Carolina, I mean, those are going to be important areas for the staff in addition to all the typical regions that you would expect geographically. You know, you think of, I mean, I mentioned North Carolina, but that's an area South Carolina needs to do better on, but it also makes sense geographically. So in-state, North Carolina, Florida, Georgia, you expect that, but the staff is devoting a good bit of time to hitting schools in that DMV region, up in Philly. So, you know, interesting and a lot of activity for sure, whether it's on the chopper or in planes or in cars, they're, they're kind of covering all of it. Yeah, they are. And, and junior days every Saturday as well. Um, official visits coming up this weekend that there haven't really been as many official visits the last couple of weeks. That was more going into the early signing period, but certainly the number of juniors they've gotten on campus for, for junior days is telling and, uh, Basically, for these guys, they're on the road five days during the week. Then they get back. This weekend, they will have official visitors. But then it's you get back Friday, and then Saturday you have, you've had a junior day. Basically, the last the previous two weeks and then a third this coming Saturday. So just a, a lot going on, but you, you have to – that's what you have to do. Like you, If you don't do that, you'll be behind. So they, I think, have done a good job of getting the 23s on campus. Going into this weekend, Chris, there were some known official visits on the docket. Um, we've continued to sort of fill that out. A little bit of news coming yesterday, and it was kind of trending this way for, for I would say, a few days. But EJ Lightsey, uh, South Carolina, was supposed to have an in-home with Lightsey this evening. That has been canceled. I would assume that means the official visit this weekend is going to be canceled or has been canceled as well. Lightsey, there was a little stretch, so there was a little bit of South Carolina buzz there, but now all signs point to to Georgia with, with him. And, you know, that was a situation. Carolina liked him early on, 
then it, it kind of fell off in that he was, I would say, highly considering other schools. Then, you know, he decommits from Florida where he had been committed for a while after the coaching change there and was looking at Georgia, was looking at South Carolina. It seems like Georgia finally decided just to, to make their push this past weekend. And for an in-state kid with them coming off of a national title, it, that, that's a hard battle for South Carolina to win. It is. It's totally – it's one of those things that's kind of understandable. And, you know, Georgia's been recruiting well under Kirby Smart. They're going to continue to clean up. And right now the reality is they're at a stage where, you know, they're not – We lost you, Chris. Sorry. I had a noise come up on my computer, then my keyboard locked up. Don't know. Can't explain it. But Georgia is, you know, the reality of the situation is they're at a place where they can come in late on kids. If if you're South Carolina, that's where you want to get, right? And I think there are certain kids that, particularly when you're looking in the state of Georgia, when they get a Georgia offer, that is going to be tough to beat. So, Totally understandable. Disappointing, sure. Um, you know, South Carolina did try to slide in there. Did a good job of doing so. Looks like Georgia went out. But some other guys, uh, Wes, I know you had a report that will be on campus for this weekend. Um, one that's uncommitted and is kind of an intriguing target to me. Yeah, Malik Heath expected in. Uh, you know, a guy that, that visited South Carolina out of JUCO and uh, – I think they've they've sort of been pounding the pavement looking for another wide receiver. And, you know, with Heath, you're talking about someone who only has a year of eligibility left. But I, I think it speaks kind of, Chris, to the opportunity they have this year, to the opportunity I think they believe they have. We know Josh Van is coming back. You add Antoine Wells to that group. You add a freshman in Landon Sampson who's going to have every opportunity to play. And – now you're sort of looking – I believe they're looking to kind of fill in that final piece on the offensive side of the ball. And Heath is a guy who's always showed a ton of promise. He was incredibly highly recruited out of high school initially, highly recruited out of JUCO, has had moments at Mississippi State where he's been very, very good. And there's even some – I was reading some of the Mississippi State boards out there. He kind of there were there were some real flashes late in his time at Mississippi State where it was looked like it looked like he was coming along really well and and maybe breaking out and um, you know I, I think it it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens this weekend I mean there's a chat question already um, is Heath the guy that that kicked somebody and ran and and the the big brawl yes I mean obviously he is guys I think first of all South Carolina's not taking a kid without feeling really comfortable about taking him. And, and, you know, they'll bring him in. That's the plan right now. And, you know, th they'll make that decision. And I, I think it's really easy to, to, like, judge somebody on their mistakes when, you know, I, I've read some other things that there's kind of – there's kind of more to the story than, than meets the eye, not, not specifically him kicking somebody. I'm just talking about – we got to remember sometimes these kids have been through a lot and maybe don't come from the best situation. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't want to be judged by my dumbest decision. So I, uh, you know, I, I think it's interesting, like the, some of the first, the first thing some people have said about even the possibility of him visiting, you know, ha has been that, 
let's wait and see what happens. Let's see how South Carolina proceeds. And, you know, let, let's see how Malik Heath handles himself. But I um, <clears throat> I certainly understand that being brought up. But at the same time, you're we, we shouldn't judge people based on their worst mistakes, you know, sure. immediately, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and, you know, by bringing a kid in, you're not signing him, you know. And I do think South Carolina is is going to take a hard look at that. You know, you, you certainly get a sense of that, seeing a guy interact for you know, 48 hours on your campus and getting a sense of it. And sometimes, sometimes guys need a new start. Sometimes they need a new start away from, you know, where they grew up or the situation that they've been in. You know, sometimes you need a change there. So Heath already has some familiarity with South Carolina. You know, he's recruited some by the previous staff. And he is a guy that has talent. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Guy has talent. And so this is, you know, there have been some players, um, and not for, like, disciplinary reasons, but there have been some players that we saw last season played their best ball at South Carolina. And it was some guys that had been totally written off. Josh Van, Jalen Foster, you know, even a guy like R.J. Roderick, while he wasn't like a national breakout star, had his steadiest best season kind of quietly, you know. And maybe that's it, kind of a, a strength of this staff. Like Shane Beamer, culture he's putting in is kind of different, you know, and that's something that he's really honed in on and, perhaps for a guy like Malik Keith, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a guy you can bring in and it, and it helps him and it helps your team because he is a talented guy and he's plays a neat position, but they'll be able to feel that out throughout the process and especially in person this weekend. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Tanner Bailey, quarterback signee uh, said he's coming in for his official visit this weekend as well. And then th- this other one's a little bit funny to me, man, Nick, even worry who is like what 30 minutes away from, from Williams Price, uh, I didn't even it didn't dawn on me until um, I, I think Jessica Jackson tweeted when when he signed. She tweeted something that like it clicked in my head. And I was like, "Wait, he never he never took his OV." So um, Nick uh, Nick telling Gamecock Central telling Kendall Smith that he would be on campus this weekend for his visit as well. So a couple of guys. It, it's kind of kind of random when guys are already signed but take their official visit. But but you, you're still allowed your, your visit. Even if you've already signed, you're still allowed. And, and Tanner Bailey actually didn't – had never even been on campus when he signed with South Carolina, which we saw a little bit more of that the last class just because of COVID. But that, that was interesting that he, he had never even visited, but it just sort of, I will say, was his kind of best option and, and most comfortable relationship there after he decommitted from Oregon. Yeah. And, and that was a, you know, a crazy situation. I mean, Wes, you, when you and I, I mean, you remember when you and I found out that Tanner Bailey was committing to South Carolina and, you know, it kind of got held for a little bit, you know, from the public eye so he could have time to kind of get his announcement together and everything kind of really came out of left field, kind of shocking. Right. Um, there was that time earlier in the process. He's like you said, one of the earliest offers there. Um, the earliest offer, right, for a high school guy, and had some traction. There was the relationship with Joe Moorhead at Oregon, and that kind of won out at that time. But South Carolina just did a nice job. And I think one thing that I have noticed with Shane Beamer is 
you know, on the relationship front, he's never been when he was an assistant at South Carolina, Georgia, Oklahoma, Virginia Tech, wherever. And now he's not going to be a guy who's going to go scorched earth when a guy goes somewhere else, right? He's going to keep the relationships. And that's even more important now in transfer portal recruiting too, when you look at that. You know, I mean, that that's hugely important because some guys you miss on, they may be calling you in a year or two or three. So it's important to keep those relationships. You know, while there wasn't a ton with Tanner Bailey when he was committed to Oregon, he was all about Oregon. Things were shut down. It's not like he was shopping around, but a situation changed. What did he go back to? South Carolina, a place that he was comfortable with. And this is a guy that has a lot of tools too. You know, um, a lot of talk about Spencer Rattler, rightfully so. But when you start looking at the long term, you know, this is a kid that some people that I trust that like to look at quarterbacks a lot and no quarterback play, they're really, really interested by his skill set. Yeah, so quarterback room for Carolina gotten a lot more interesting since um, Beamer and those guys took over. So that, that'll be that'll be cool to watch that this spring. Spencer Rattler arriving on campus officially next week. So could be a big week in Gamecock Nation. Could be a big week on Gamecock Central. You never know. Could be a big week with the run at trust. I'm excited for next week, man. It's going to be a fun month. Let, let's give them a little tease too, Chris. We may, uh, I believe, are working towards our first ever Garnet Trust event next yep. month as well. We'll get you all details and dates on that really actually as soon as possible. So a, a lot going on that we are excited about. Uh, Recruiting-wise, though, they, they may just be done as far as class of 2022 high school players go with the Lightsey News. Um, unless there's somebody that's just going to completely come out of nowhere, even for us. I, it seems, Chris, like they're they're obviously bringing in Heath this weekend. And then other than that, I think they probably just sit on the two scholarships or sit on the one scholarship if they take Heath you know, and or can get him. Um, I think they'll wait and see what happens after the spring because that's the other element to this. There will inevitably be kids that hit the portal after spring practice at their current place. So you don't want to put yourself in a position where you just don't have a scholarship left. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I mean, you you got that and you got the aspect of – Shane Beamer and his staff, you know, in the recruiting office navigating the overall 85 number two. So, you know, a lot of people thought about well, max out, max out those numbers, you know, no matter what you get 32 this year because they've had seven transfers, you get up to 32, max it out. They may, you know, they may do that if it makes sense, but for each of those guys you take, you got to bear in mind that right now, as things stand, they're going to be substantially over that 85 scholarship limit. Now, It'll work itself out after the spring. This is no secret. I mean, you expect that there are going to be more guys that move on, clear out some more roster space, get back to that 85, but it's going to be close, Wes. And so the staff has to bear that in mind. They're not approaching it as, we got two more spots. Let's find a guy that maybe can help plug him in. No, they're going to need to be convinced that it's a guy that can definitely help, whether it's one year or for multiple years in the future. So, like you said, we do anticipate that unless something pops up in high school, probably 
going to be a portal guy. You know, there's a few positions that make sense. Receiver, which is obviously Heath. If an O-lineman pops up, something like that. Um, maybe a linebacker or just a really good player at some position and you got to take another look, right? Um, but they do have to bear that in mind that they, they do have an overall scholarship limit to look at as well. Yeah, if it if it's me, man, I, I think you take a really, really hard look at just after the spring, best available player. I mean, if there if there's a guy out there, I don't care what position he plays, but he he shows you some interest and he's at just instant immediate impact. I think you owe it yourself, owe it to yourself again, if you have the overall room to, to try and bring him in to try and, and you never know what guy might hit the portal that has some connection either to your state, to your school, to our current coach, shoot, to one of your players. Maybe it's a he's got a former high school teammate on your team, you know. Maybe another Oklahoma guy hits the portal after the spring after seeing the way the current staff does things. So, you know, you don't really – now, don't get me wrong. If if two absolute studs called South Carolina tomorrow and were like, hey, we want to be Gamecocks, you probably have to find a way to take them. But otherwise, you don't really want to, like, handcuff yourself on being able to do that either. So I think lot, lots to manage uh, if you're a head football coach in the SEC at all times, but certainly now in the transfer portal era that we have found ourselves in. Peter says what happens if for some reason you don't get to 85. That's not a that's not a thing. You, <laughs> you, you only have eighty five scholarships, so yep. they'll they'll get there. Um, they'll be there. Yeah. Somebody uh, also some discussion about offensive line. We talked about this already, but I do think it bears repeating. For South South Carolina's offensive line success in twenty twenty two is not going to have anything to do with recruiting as far as, like, guys you could bring in now. The success for South Carolina's 2022 offensive line is going to be determined by the kids that are already in winter workouts right now. You know, there, there's, what, how many how many guys, Chris, that have played a down? Like, there are, mo- like, a ton of guys that have played yeah. SEC football. You know, and I'm not saying if, if a true left tackle – hit the portal in the spring, and just for some reason he's like, I want to be a Gamecock, then yeah, absolutely. Do you take him? Of course. But it's not like you need another body on the offensive line. Yeah. The offensive line has got to be settled by those guys that are already there and have already played, and they've got to develop. They've got to come together, and they got to figure it out. That That's where the success of that group will be determined, in my opinion. Yeah, and and it's great to talk about, you know, 2023 O-line recruiting. Obviously, they need to restock, get better, add numbers in that class, and hit your targets. And they added three that the staff seems to be pretty happy with in this class too, right? But they're not counting on three of those guys to come in and play substantial snaps or certainly start this year. Probably not even counting on one of them, really, you know, to come in and play. It's all those other guys that have starting experience and there it's not just, Hey, here's five guys that have started. You have, as you said, Wes, not only multiple guys that have played, but multiple guys that have started games for whatever reason, whether it's injuries or rotation, 
whatever it may be. They have lots of guys that have played a lot of ball. And so they do have to step up another level. So barring, you know, grabbing someone from the portal that's a plug-and-play guy, it is going to be this group. And so, yes, it does have to get better. Yes, they do have to recruit going forward, but it, it is kind of a separated thing right now. Certainly, man. Um, all right, we're, we're going to cut it a little bit short today. I do want to hit a couple of questions real quick. Um, got some good ones here. SC Scout guy asking what is going on with Dante Miller. That is the uh, preferred walk-on offeree from Columbia University Speedster. Uh, sources tell me that he is nearly as fast as Chris Clark in the 40. Uh, so what four four two five is what people talk talk about with this kid. I mean, here's the thing. If if four two five if, if people say you run a four two five, you probably won't run like a four three something, but still it's very fast. You are hauling. Um I think the game guy's got a pretty good shot here, honestly. Preferred walk on announces tomorrow. At some point, depending on when you're hearing this, announces on Friday. We'll mm-hmm. say it like that. If you're watching this live, announces tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I think Carolina's in pretty good shape. That would be a very we talk about being resourceful. Would be a, a pretty sharp little pickup, I think, Chris. It would be. I mean, South Carolina's running back room is kind of unsettled going into next year. They've certainly added some numbers. But Miller's a guy that could do some different things for you, right, with his speed, his size, his skill set. And then you look at him on special teams, and you just think about adding speed to this roster. We talked about it with Lavoisier Carroll. You're adding speed to the roster. Dante Miller, you don't have a ton of guys on this roster that can run like he can. And so you find spaces for a guy like that, whether it's running back or you know letting him do some different things or special teams returner or special teams gunner. Whatever you think he can do, adding that type of speed is certainly an asset. Yeah, so we'll see if Carolina gets him. Uh, Peter says, oh, I misunderstood. I thought we were talking about roster limit of total. No, that, that is what we're talking about. Your 85 scholarship limit for the roster. But, um, but yeah, there you, you don't have an option. Like, you, you have to. It's not like, well, you know, we got 88. We'll just take the penalty. Salary cap penalty, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, you can, there's there's no options. You, you got to get it down to 85. Um, Patrick asked, uh, can you tell us more about the linebacker grad assistant coach that was just hired? Um, Trey, Trey Money, right? Which sound, sound, Trey Money sounds like a nickname that, um, that the guys gave someone whose name was Trey and last name started with an M. But I think that's his real name. That's the name that's listed on everything. That is his name. Excellent name. He Great. comes in from App State, has some experience at Georgia Tech. As far as giving people any more than that, did did, did you do you know anything? I, I, haven't up, I haven't picked up anything additional other than that yet. Um, you know, like you said, App State guy spent played there, also spent some time as an assistant there. So he'll be a graduate assistant, which is a little bit different than you know Joe Bowen, who departed to take the linebackers coaching job at Miami of Ohio as a position coach. He was an analyst, so a little bit of a different role there but still you anticipate uh, money being heavily involved in the linebacker room, which is a funny sentence to say, but nonetheless, he will be. (laughs) Hey, by the way, West, I don't want to get out of here before I say I can't find the comment. Um, Shout out to my aunt and some family from Anderson watching. What's up, Michelle? How are you doing? Good to see you all, Michelle, Randy, my aunt, some of my cousins. 
apparently tuning into the show, which I did not show, or which I did not anticipate. So good stuff there. Appreciate hey, you. Chris's aunt. There's a way you can tip if you uh, if you want to send Chris some money. On <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But um, a couple people saying if uh, talking about um, the, the walk on situation there, if he's such a priority, why? Well, you've already you've really already given scholarships to two running backs out of the transfer portal. So again, the, the answer of why you know why don't you offer another? It kind of goes back to the, the overall deal. There, if you again, I, I think getting him as a PWO would be very resourceful. Otherwise, though, if you're spending a scholarship, it's just it's kind of a different conversation. Um, is that is that is that it? Is that the most of the questions there? Greg says, any word on the latest? Welcome home. No word yet. You could hear. You could find out next week potentially. Don't quote me on that, but you could. What else you got, Chris? That's it, man. I'm good. Good show today. Looking forward to doing it again. Maybe tomorrow. Who knows? We'll just have to see what happens. Yeah, if not, you never know what could happen. We might yeah. pop up. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Very exciting week next week, though. But uh, y'all, I mean, y'all are tuned in. There's a lot of people on here, so maybe maybe we will hop on tomorrow. Either way, y'all have been great. We appreciate the support. For Chris, I'm Wes. We'll see y'all soon. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.